What's up everyone and welcome back to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Oscar Escada asks why we think the Emperor didn't care much about catching Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, so at the end of the series, uh, he's talking to Vader, and Vader's, you know, going on about how I'm going to burn the galaxy down, we're going to find Kenobi, blah, blah, blah. And Palpatine's basically like, chill out. I think your your feelings are clouded on this. So why did he feel that way? I'm going to steal the answer straight from Force Center podcast, because I like the way they talk about it. We brought this up on our live stream, and I really liked their answer. Uh, Ken and Joseph are just super smart when it comes to stuff like this. But basically, even though Palpatine surely would have enjoyed capturing and killing Obi-Wan in <laughs> Done that it with scene, a smile on his face. Yeah, absolutely. In that scene, he was way more concerned with his apprentice and feeling like Vader uh, was getting all up in his feelings, and the Sith don't like that. <laughs> Vader was getting in touch with his his inner uh, feels. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, this is a classic Sith. Like, he's, like, run by fear and anger. And, yeah, fear that Vader, that Obi-Wan might actually get through to Vader. Yeah, I think so. And he's like, no, my, my, my project. <laughs> I spent so long on you. Like, we can't mess this up now. Yeah, so. it's been, like, 20 years. I cannot let this fall apart <laughs> it's like it's such a power move for uh palpatine to say the stuff that he does to vader basically like demanding that he reassure him of his allegiance and you know when he when he makes him kneel down on one knee like it's all about well, he doesn't do that in the series but no no he... no but like i'm just thinking in general oh just the relationship between palpatine and vader it's all about power and the Sith are so predictable. Yeah. So the way that uh, Ken and Joseph talk about it, and we see this in the series as well, uh, when Vader is fighting Obi-Wan and he says, like, your strength is returned, but the weakness is still there. And the weakness they're talking about is, like, just caring about uh, other people, about really anything. Mm -hmm. And the Sith, the dark side, uh, they don't want you to care. I mean... Kill the past, or uh, let the past die, kill it if you have to, is a very, even though Kylo Ren's not a Sith, like, that is a dark side Sith thing. And people still like to throw that around as if that's the theme of The Last Jedi, and it's not. Kylo is wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it's a cool quote, but it is wrong. And so I think Palpatine sees how much Vader cares about catching Obi-Wan, and by the end of the scene, after Palpatine talks to him, Vader is back to Kenobi means nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, nope, I'm not going to go down that road because, yeah, if he goes down that road, he might get... He, he's going to feel things. He's going to remember Anakin uh, and might remember that he's not actually dead. Vader didn't kill Anakin. He's still in there. Mm -hmm. And Palpatine doesn't want that. Yeah, and that's, there's so many instances that, you know, if, if Vader were to find out about... Reva and her story arc and like find out that she is back to the good side and you know the more instances that Vader sees of those kinds of things happening it's possible that he could be like you know what I still have time to change my mind about this <laughs> but another instance of this is like when uh, in Revenge of the Sith when Palpatine says uh, it seems in your anger you killed her talking about Padme and, like, 
the smile that creeps up on his face. It's 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 the way that Palpatine is like making Vader feel responsible for these things and like controlling him and keeping him angry. And and part of the thing that Palpatine did to secure Anakin was to to quote the rise of Skywalker. He made him feel like he was alone. He removed Padme. He removed Obi-Wan. So now it's just them. And that someone pointed out, I think on Twitter, great observation. Don't know if it was on purpose, but it worked out awesome that at the end of the Phantom Menace, you have Anakin at Qui-Gon's funeral and then Obi-Wan and then Padme and then Palpatine. Mm -hmm. So it's like, these are the two people in his way to getting to Anakin. And so he wants Anakin to feel like he's alone. And if he's chasing after Obi-Wan, even if he wants to kill Obi-Wan, it's like, that's a bad thing. And he, he says the line, like, I wonder if your feelings on this matter are clear. Mm-hmm. He says the same thing about Luke and Return of the Jedi. He just doesn't want Vader to care about people. Like, yeah. that's, that's what the Sith do. That's what the bad guys do, <laughs> is they, they don't want you to care. Uh, because caring about everything is hard. Caring about it all, all the time is difficult, and it's easier, it's it's the dark side route, to just selfishly not care. Yeah, and Palpatine is just so good at it, too, and he's been, like you said, doing it for Anakin's entire life. You know, when he's a little bit older, we see in episodes two and three, Palpatine's always uh, just, like, chatting with him one-on-one, planting these little seeds in his head about how the other Jedi don't trust him and mm-hmm. just it it's a it's a slow slow burn yeah even though he's part of this giant community of Jedi and people like him Palpatine wants him to be like nope you're alone over there mm-hmm. they don't get you Mr. J.D. Rice wants to know why Obi-Wan seemingly forgot about Leia when he claimed Luke was their last hope in the Empire Strikes Back well, we always have to start with the whole, like, you know, we didn't know Leia was the, the other hope at, at that point in time in Empire. So now we're, we're just looking at that scene and we're going to try to rationalize it, recontextualize it with new information. Uh, I think that it was just the fact that Obi-Wan was all in on Luke as the chosen one. We see that in Star Wars Rebels. He tells Maul, Luke is the chosen one. He will restore balance. I, and I wonder, now we know Obi-Wan met Leia and he saw kind of her future, not literally, but he saw who she was and was like, you're going to make a great leader one day. I think that maybe in his mind, he knew Luke was the one to bring Vader back and that Leia couldn't. Yeah. Although that's, uh, I say that and I'm like, Obi-Wan wasn't hoping Luke would bring Vader back. He was hoping he would kill him. So that is. Yeah, I, I did rewatch the scene in, in Return of the Jedi when they're kind of like sitting there and Luke's talking to Force Ghost uh, Obi-Wan, it is kind of weird how just like matter of fact Obi-Wan is at that point in time. But yeah, I think what we see the relationship between Obi-Wan and Leia, like you said, he, he sees that she'll be a great leader. And, you know, there was a couple lines where it's like there are m- more ways to lead. Um, and so at that point, I think, Maybe Obi-Wan saw what Leia was doing in the Imperial Senate and with the rebellion and everything, and he was, he might have just been like, she doesn't need this. She doesn't need this part of what's going on, this family trauma. Yeah. Um, this is this is Luke's destiny. 
maybe he just didn't want Leia to go through that. Yeah. He's like, no, let her be. But it, it also could be like, we know Yoda wanted to train Leia. So it could just be them. We, we could rationalize it as them kind of jabbing each other of Obi-Wan being like, that boy is our last hope. And Yoda's like, no, the, the one I wanted to train is still out there. Idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then Obi-Wan's like, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. It could just be a difference of opinion. Him not mentioning Leia, him, him fully believing that Luke is the last hope doesn't mean he forgot Leia. It just means he is all in on Luke. Mm-hmm. Whereas Yoda is like, calm down. <laughs> it's almost like, I don't want to think less of Obi-Wan, but it's almost like a dad who has a son and a daughter. Like, the dad's going to want the son to, like, get the best job so that he can provide. Uh, and he just wants his daughter to be his daughter. I, I kind of see what you're saying. I also, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to put Obi-Wan in that camp. Like, I mean, back, it was the 70s back then. So it's like, <laughs> yes, the man, the brother in this uh, family needs to be the one to do this. It's his destiny. Leia's doing great. We all love Leia. <laughs> Luke has to do this. But uh, it's nice to see Obi-Wan's reaction when he sees the two of them together mm-hmm. making this happen. And then he's, you know, deep down he realizes like, they need each other to do this. It can't. It can't be one or the other. And, and the way that you, yeah, I like that. But I, the way that you bring it up of kind of just talking about, you know, Obi Wan could be just flawed in his views in that point, and it's true he is flawed. Even though he is dead and one with the Force, he and Yoda. I mean, that's kind of the point of Return of the Jedi a bit. They are flawed, and they're they're telling Luke, like, the only way to save the galaxy is for you to kill your dad. Yeah. And that's not what saves Darth Vader. It is compassion. So I do think that they were just like, you know, Obi-Wan's like, I couldn't get through to Vader, so certainly Luke's not going to. (laughs) It's it's probably just a matter of flawed thinking. Yeah, and Obi-Wan has that line where he's like, He's more machine than men now. Like, he is totally giving up mm-hmm. on him. He's like, this guy's got to go. <laughs> it's funny that, like, this is just a line that was meant to be dropped in as, you know, a little like, ooh, who's this other one? It was just meant to be a dramatic thing. <laughs> and now here we are 42 years later st- talking it, about what it means now. Making it work. <laughs> making it <laughs> Trying work. to. Will asks if we could see an Inquisitor in the Bad Batch. I like that idea. I think we definitely could. Yeah. Because we know, uh, Will points out that, you know, Gunji is in it. We might see the other younglings. So there are Jedi out there at this point in time that need to be hunted down. We know that there is a time jump. So I, I think part of the big transition from the Republic into the Empire is the Inquisitors and how the Empire now deals with Force users. So mm-hmm. I think it's uh, very appropriate to see an Inquisitor in Season 2. This would be a great place to have the fourth sister come in. <laughs> to do something. To do something. Because we we saw the fifth fifth brother in Rebels, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and we've seen plenty of the Grand Inquisitor. Um, so yeah, this would be a, a great opportunity to get her in there. I do think, in my opinion, Grand Inquisitor seems like the most likely candidate. 
because he was uh, such a big part of Rebels as well. Only and if just, Rupert Friend comes back to do the voice. <laughs> I think I think they would keep Jason Isaacs if he were to do that. Yeah. And I get what you're saying because I really liked Rupert Friend's portrayal too, but I think that we should keep a precedent of like, you know, animation has the the people who made those characters who they were in the first place. And then, you know, we, we do some recasting for live action, but... Uh, as long as they offered it to Jason Isaacs first, if he mm-hmm. was like, I'm good, let Rupert do it, then that's fine. I'm <laughs> all in on Rupert Friend's Grand Inquisitor. I, I really, really like it too. <laughs> um, but I I also like what Jason Isaacs did. So, Jack Grinnan wants to know how much we want to see Anakin's Force Ghost in the Ahsoka series. So we're, we don't know for sure that we're going to get a Force Ghost of Anakin. It seems likely, but it could be flashbacks. It could be any number of things. But I do think Force Ghost conversation sounds great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think I want them to overdo it. Um, I think an episode between him and Ahsoka would be cool. I don't necessarily need to see them talking every episode. Yeah, I think uh, I, I do really want to see this happen, obviously. And I think it would make for an incredible emotional roller coaster of an episode. Um, we could also get just like flashbacks of them from the Clone Wars, which would be great too. But something about the episode of Book of Boba Fett, when we see Ahsoka and Luke and Luke is training Grogu and she has that line, like you have so much of your father in you or something. So much like your father. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Something along those lines. Just the look on her face makes me think that she's had a conversation with Mm -hmm. Anakin at that point and like. She's made peace with everything at that point in her life. I can see that because it does her her temperament in that episode feels a lot lighter than it did in The Mandalorian season two, mm-hmm. where she seemed a little more you know fearful of training Grogu at least herself. Um, and like I've seen it happen to the best of us. So, Maybe the Ahsoka series takes place in between that. Maybe the Ahsoka series is going to be kind of like Andor season two, it sounds like, where it's going to cover five years Mm -hmm. uh, from the end of season one all the way to Rogue One. So maybe like one episode is about how she got off Malachor and one episode is about uh, how she met with Anakin's force ghost and they found peace and like we could kind of play a lot of catch up. Yeah. Michael Ennis asks, what lessons we want Rogue Squadron to take from Top Gun, if any? So yeah, we did see Top Gun uh, a week or two ago at this point and really liked it. Uh, I think the lessons, I think that Rogue One, uh, or Rogue Story, Rogue Story, (laughs) Rogue Squadron, I I think that the lessons it should take is let's not do another trench run. I yeah, think. we've seen it enough. We got a new hope. We had the Force Awakens. Top Gun did it, did it very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that, especially after Top Gun did it, it's like find a different uh, climactic battle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, also like there was something about the new Top Gun movie, which like it just felt like a win overall. Like everybody got a win in that ep- in that movie except for like the bad guys which we still don't know who they were <laughs> yeah they never said who they were the russians i don't know uh but 
nobody died. Nobody had like a, except for the person that we all kind of figured would. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe no one would tragically die suddenly in the movie and then everyone can kind of make it out okay. <laughs> also, uh, it wouldn't hurt to put a sweaty beach montage <laughs> in a Star Wars Bunch movie. of aliens, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Put them all in jorts. They're playing volleyball. Uh, yeah, that's the lesson Star Wars should take from Top Gun. More beach montages. Um, well, it's, it's a fighter pilot movie, and Star Wars dogfighting is different from Top Gun. Totally agree. Like, I'm... It was a very tense uh, final battle, but I was really relieved that no one died in it. But there were also only four planes, really. Five, I guess, at the last second. There weren't that many uh, ships flying around. In a Star Wars dogfight, they're everywhere. And it's like, you're going to lose pilots. Ooh, <laughs> but, okay. But I see what you're saying, kind of like, maybe maybe your main characters. <laughs> I, I have the perfect plan uh, an idea for this. They have to get into an old ship and make it work. See, that, I so mean, do like a Z ninety five or something, something clunky. It's got to be a Y wing. It's got. That's what yeah. I. That's what we were saying when we were breaking down. I'm, we're probably going to do a video when <laughs> Top Gun is out uh, for the public. But yeah, when they they had to get into the F fourteen, I think, mm-hmm. and we were like, this is such a Star Wars movie in so many ways. Not just the trench run. Uh, but thematically, it felt very Star Wars, overcoming your fears, facing your past and your guilt and all that. But I was like, we were like, when they get back onto the ground and they have to get the clunker, I was like, if this was Star Wars, that would be a Y-Wing. And they'd be like, oh no, we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> that That's the ship you have to escape It's got to be some kind of hunk of junk. I do like that, though. And that's something, because we still don't know when Rogue Squadron will take place. When it, or if it's right, even happening. If it happens. <laughs> but uh, if it takes place like post the rise of Skywalker, then you have that chance to go way back. And it could be a Clone Wars era Y-Wing mm-hmm. or a, a V-Wing or just, I don't know, something weird. Yeah. That'd be really neat. Um, I was going to say, though, that I think the biggest takeaway from Top Gun that I had was just the way they filmed it. It felt so real because, you know, it was. They were putting pilots in uh, fighter jets and mm-hmm. flying them around, or the actors, I should say. And, you know, Miles Teller hits his head on the cockpit and you're like, you notice that, you feel it. I don't think they're going to do that in Star Wars because I guess they'd have to build a whole, like, actual X-Wing cockpit uh-huh. and, like, attach it to a fighter jet and fly it around. They're not going to do also, that. Also, they'd have to get Tom Cruise yeah. somehow. <laughs> so I think if they could find a way to simulate that in the volume, you know, have a cockpit that like really turns and banks and stuff. They did kind of do that for, was it Solo or Force Awakens? Well, I was going to point out there's a moment in Force Awakens when Poe does his trench run and then he turns sideways and you can see like the straps and things that are hanging behind him in the cockpit. They all turn with gravity. So mm-hmm. I think they've probably done something like this before. But I mean, if they can find a way to really, really amp it up and make it feel as visceral as Top Gun did, wow, that'd be great. I think they can do it. I believe. Make a real X-Wing. It's fine. It can't be that expensive. Yeah. I think top, yeah. Space. top Gun <laughs> showed us that realism is the best. So just build an X-Wing, <laughs> throw it up there and start filming. 
On to YouTube questions, Stuart Lugsden wants to know if the path still existed by the time of the original trilogy. I would like to think so. Yeah? I mean, I don't know, because, like, they're all like, oh, you're, you're our only hope, Luke. <laughs> well, yeah. I Do mean, you... we, we already spent, like, Ten minutes talking about that <laughs> that line. Let's not go back there. <laughs> is it? Do you think it's still there's still Jedi involved in the path, or is it just like people helping people? At this point, it's like there have been so many. In my head, initially, I was just thinking people helping people, but we've met so very many <laughs> Jedi that were still alive at this point that it wouldn't really surprise me if Quinlan Vos is still running around. Then sure, like. Maybe he's not a Jedi. He was always a bit of a maverick anyway. So, you know, we could get technically around that line of Yoda's by saying Quinlan Voss wasn't operating as a Jedi Knight. He was a Force-sensitive person helping Force-sensitive kids. Mm -hmm. um, but even that out of the way, George Lucas, when he was throwing around ideas for he his sequel trilogy, he was thinking that Luke would go around and find more survivors of Order 66 so that was never really a line that he was super committed to. You know, it's dramatic in the moment. It is like, this is the one hope that we have, Luke Skywalker, so don't <laughs> mess this up. Yeah. And I guess now I'm thinking about all the stuff in, that happens in Rogue One. And like, it feels like a place like Jetta and characters like the Guardians of the Wills feels like they would be involved in something like the path. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, I, I definitely think that there's potential for that in a place like that. And uh, the the rebellion is still in its pretty early stages, There's but there's still a ton of people involved. And the scene with like Radis and Bale and everybody kind of meeting together, I bet some of those people are, are involved in something like the path. Sure. I mean, Bale, I think, makes sense. But yeah, I think that it could tie into the rebellion very easily, but... Really, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, during the original trilogy, I think there are still people out there helping the Force-sensitive kids who need it, who need to stay hidden from the Empire. What, did you, what do you think they uh, did when they found out about Luke? That they just missed him? Out, taking out the Death Star. <laughs> They're like, he's just out there flying around doing all this. Where'd he come from? Whose safe house did he pass through? <laughs> who let him get through? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he had a personal uh, escort by Obi-Wan? Great. Yeah. <laughs> Jedi Spartan 38 asks, when Obi-Wan would have told Luke and Leia about their heritage if he had survived A New Hope? That's a good question. Yeah. I feel like that's a conversation that would have had happened pretty soon. Yeah. It would have been hard for him to to keep that a secret had he still been with them. And I just don't think he would have. And there's... A question of, you know, why did he wait three years to contact Luke again just to be like, go to Dagobah, and then again, not offer up much information. Um, Force ghosts only really seem to pop up when you have something you absolutely have to know. And I guess Force Ghost Obi-Wan, the Force itself was telling him that, you know, Luke's on a need-to-know basis, and he doesn't need to know. And yeah. so he, he shows up on Hoth, and he's like, all you need to know right now is to go to Dagobah. And then he he's disappeared and he's like, I nailed it. And then he sees Luke and Leia kiss. <laughs> That's and what he's I was like, going to say. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I was like, what if Obi-Wan were in the room when Luke and Leia kiss? And he's like, wait, wait, <laughs> yeah. I got it. 
I got to do this now. <laughs> he just appears like, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that would have been awkward. <laughs> I don't, in my head canon, for a thing that will never get answered, I think he would have told them. Uh, probably after the Death Star was destroyed. Mm-hmm. He's like, let's survive all of this. And then if there's time... We'll get into who your dad is, uh, who you are to each other. Leia's, Leia is so good at reading people, even at such a young age, too. I bet she, I bet Obi-Wan couldn't have hidden it off of his face, like seeing the two of them work together, where he'd be, just be like... <laughs> yeah. She's like, why and, are you looking at us like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she would probably figure it out. Blink wants to know which helmet removal is our favorite in Star Wars. The first one that popped up into my head was uh, Din taking his helmet off in the second to last episode for The Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. just because that one was unexpected. I was kind of just in the back of my head being like, all right, he's going to take his helmet off again in the season finale, not knowing what was going to happen, but just thinking that felt like a good progression, that he would do it willingly. Uh, It wasn't a droid taking his helmet off so he could heal him. Um, but I really liked out of the blue in the midst of that very intense conversation, that whole episode, uh, when the computer's like, I need to see your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I just liked all of that and his kind of panic and the way his eyes were the whole time his helmet was off in that scene. It's such a great episode. I think mine's going to be Bo-Katan. Okay, I, yeah. like just the excitement of seeing her come in to the show and in that first episode that she's in, you see the armor and you're like, oh no, it's happening. It's happening. And then like she takes her helmet off and it's Katie Sackoff and it's, it's, it's such a great moment. That was insanely fun. And then that makes me think of, you know, when we eventually get to see Sabine. So maybe it's something about just like seeing the animated characters in live action for the first time just uh, yeah like that's kind of top tier helmet removal for me that one was great (laughs) i just remember seeing those mandalorians land on that ship and knowing that armor just just being like oh my gosh it's happening (laughs) and i mean i can't we're we're doing all mandalorian stuff but cob vanth was another one Mm. not to not not to beat a dead sexy horse but (laughs) (laughs) Seeing him remove his helmet and just being like, this is everything to me as a as a small book character making it onto live action. I, I was thrilled with so much of The Mandalorian season two. Ooh, another one. This wasn't a really a full on removal, but the the shot of Luke training Leia where she just mm. kind of opens the helmet and we see her face. Both of those. Yeah, were really cool. That that was one of the best things the Rise of Skywalker did, I think, is just showing that Leia trained as a Jedi. Uh, getting to see them uh, young and together was really neat. That, that's a good one. And lastly, Alex Damon asks, what's the deal with Wade, thanks to Rumble Wagon? Yeah, so Rumble Wagon said, you need to address Wade. And I've been seeing so many people online since part four of Obi-Wan Kenobi just celebrating Wade. And, you know, you know, I love my background and my minor characters. He's not background. He's he's an important character in that episode. Um, So I love seeing people celebrate him. 
I'm also just like, there is so much surrounding Wade online. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I feel old. I feel like I'm not keeping up with the youngs. So I'm asking the question, what is the deal with Wade in the comments? Please tell me. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it is just kind of a meme that his name is Wade, uh, but that he's also a hero and he sacrificed his life to help save Leia. <laughs> What Alex really wants to say is, stop trying to make new Biggs work. <laughs> we already have a hero pilot, and his name is Biggs. No, I'm, I'm all about it. Like, I, I love seeing people celebrating this character. I just don't get it. I don't think I get it either. I, I, maybe I haven't seen as much of, of the, the way, what would you call the, the Wade fans? Oh. The, the Wados? The Wade wave? The Wade wave. The... <laughs> weighty babies i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i have i haven't seen them out there but uh i'm gonna go look for them now i i've seen them a lot and i think that it is i mean a lot of uh love for these side characters it does start out as kind of a, a joke and so when he gets hit by that box and dies uh Sully, the other pilot just shouts wade and i think that was the first time we heard his name and so I think people are just like, wait, his name is Wade? Wade. <laughs> I, I guess that's what... That, see, I'm just guessing. I'm trying to keep up with all the youngsters. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, we're a mid-30s. We're in our mid-30s for Star Wars fans now. So we're, I think, we're leaving, like, the target demographic. And sometimes... <laughs> and we're despe- desperately clinging to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... Cling to life like a darksider. <laughs> we'll not let this go. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will destroy ourselves trying to figure <laughs> out who Wade is and why ever, or not who he is, but why everyone loves him. <laughs> he was probably the guy that like always brought donuts to the break room and like always had really great, meaningful compliments for everyone. You're just like, man, he's the coolest. We love Wade. The, the Wade. Per- oh, the Wade parade. Okay. That's the one. <laughs> That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.